The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is iHeartRadio's Wells Cast with Wells Adams. New intro is amazing, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wells hanging out with you. Um, I guess we're a day late on the episode, and that was because uh, I was busy uh, yesterday, and we thought we'd be able to get Steph in the studio, um, but... Kind of MIA right now. We don't know where she is. So uh, I'm going to take over the show that I've basically had taken over for the past couple of weeks anyways. That's right. That's right. Thank you, everybody. Oh, yes. Gazoos. Gazoos for Wells. Um, So I'm bringing in Tori into the show. You co-hosted with me when we were in Tahoe. And you are a massive uh, Hills fan. Hills, yeah. Hills, yeah. Show's over. All right, see you guys. <laughs> we did it. Oh, Pratt cast. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, we got to talk about the episode on Monday night. It was good. It was a really good. It was and, really good. And I'm super bummed that Steph isn't here because I feel like it was a very big Steph episode. You know. Oh my main character. Yeah. Right. So let's just like rip through it real quick. Um, so I guess it starts out with Spencer needing to go get Heidi a um, like what do we call that? Is it a, a reunion engagement ring, a ten year anniversary engagement re engagement ring? That's what actually is actually a great question, Danielle? I don't know. What do you think? What do you call the ring when I, it's a, when you renew vows? I think it's just an anniversary ring. Anniversary right? ring. Okay, that actually makes sense. Yeah, because I. I mean, maybe there are renewal rings. I've never heard of that, but it's an anniversary, so. Yeah, okay. Do you think yeah. that you always have to one-up your first ring with the anniversary ring? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you're screwed, Wells. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to do that. You're screwed. Because I feel like it's always more extravagant, or you see the moms at the age of like 40 yeah. wearing a huge rock, but they're like, this isn't my first ring. Yeah, I feel like that is um, more of a... When they got engaged, 
they were both poor and mm. now th- the family has made a bunch of money so like you're kind of replacing the 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 small rock with the big one but let me tell you this right now can't be replaced what i did all right <laughs> also just give it 10 years go sell some more freaking ads i heart cuz i need some help <laughs> So Spencer goes to a jewelry store to get a uh, anniversary ring. He rents out the jewelry store. I did like that where he was like, thanks so much for um, for letting me have a private showing because I don't want to be with the civilians or the plebeians. He said something like that. <laughs> Which is like, the commoners. The, co- the common folk. And it's like, what? <laughs> By the way, dude, you were a common folk seven seconds ago, you know? Quite literally. Literally, you just got back into the non-common folk. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you can't say that and then also have a Make Spidey Famous Again yeah, podcast, right? you know, because it's kind of contradicting. <laughs> it is. But anyways, he rents out the, the jewelry store, and mm-hmm. I don't know whose idea it was to bring in Whitney to help, but... Uh, they were brilliant. Did you see the rings he was going for? Yeah, like there was one that would look like a bunch of Jolly Ranchers uh, stuck on Wait, a that's actually oval. so accurate. <laughs> right? It was like this rainbow ring. Do you remember those bracelets that were also like um, mints or something, like candies? That's what that one looked like. And I love that he was like, oh my God, this is the ring. I love that he goes, I want it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> then I'm like, your wife for sure doesn't yeah, want yeah, it then. Yeah, yeah. But this checks out. If you want it, she doesn't want it probably. And then uh, Whitney was so kind. She'd be like, are you, are you sure that's timeless? Yeah, I know. She and was like, smart. she was trying so hard to be like, this is the worst decision you could be making yeah. for her. Yeah, I, I thought that she was just being a really good friend. Like, and she like Whitney's so good. She obviously knows how to speak to Spencer, you know? Oh my gosh, yes. Which I think that's probably a hard thing to be able to do. Um, just because like you never know what's going to pop him off, I feel like. Right. And especially with something like that, which I'm sure he feels, he takes some ownership in like knowing what's good jewelry because he owns a jewelry company at this point, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, can you call it that? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's jewelry because it's necklaces. I guess. You know? Yeah, I guess you're right. Brat Daddy Crystals. Sponsor us. Yeah, you, wouldn't that be great if he sponsored the podcast even though he's blocked me? Let's let's unfollow Wells first and then yeah, sponsor yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually blocked to be correct, Danielle. Oh, true. Yeah, it's not yeah, an unfollow. Right. He never, was blocked. He never followed me, I don't think. So it's okay. Wait, but I have, I have two questions. Yeah. First, who did you go to for ring advice for Sarah? Oh, yeah, Lorraine Schwartz. There was only one person I was allowed to go talk to. Like that she knew. So I, she... like, do you, I don't know if you know how like I had to get I had to get uh, taught up on all this stuff. So for like actresses um, and like uber famous people, when you walk the carpet, you get like dressed by so and so. That's oh, why they yeah. always ask questions like, what are you wearing? It's because that was not bought by them. It's being like loaned out to that person. So it's like them giving a shout out to them because it's like a free dress for the night or whatever. Okay. Same thing with jewelry. Like all like the ice that all these celebrities wear, it's not their jewelry. It's like loaned to them by whoever their jeweler of choice is. And Sarah has been a Lorraine Schwartz girl for quite some time. Okay. So I was told that, um, obviously I made the joke of like, 
I'm going to get a deal from Neil Lane, you know? <laughs> Did you actually think about using Neil Lane? I don't know if I... Because you could have for I sure... I don't know. I don't... I, I guess I could have gotten a deal from Neil right. Lane. I, yeah, for sure. Um, but she was like, hey, by the way, I'm a... And this was an early conversation we had. Like Interesting. Like an early, early conversation, which was like, by the way, if you ever get me jewelry, you need to go to Lorraine because I'm a Lorraine Schwartz girl. So I only talked to one person. But you like didn't contact her family, her friends about what style she wanted. Sarah had communicated that to either Schwartz. No, no, no. Or... We went like really early in our dating. I don't know. If, I feel like everyone does this when you're in like that like honeymoon phase of of dating somebody. There's no way. We went to this is when I still lived in Nashville. We were like walking around the mall and we went to Tiffany's. Oh my! And we tried on rings or we like Wait. looked at them. Had you known at that moment she was the one? Yeah, I think so. It was pretty immediate that like I felt pretty strongly about her. Can we get producer Danielle because she's married? Did yeah. you ever at a honeymoon stage? N- no. no. I, was, I think that is wild. Yeah. I was terrified to try on rings. I don't know. What really? It, yeah. I was just like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I, John kept trying to say like, hey, let's go look at rings. Maybe like into our third, fourth year of dating. And I knew I wanted to marry him, but I was like, there was something about trying on a ring that literally made me want to sweat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So you guys did it, she did it four years. You guys did like what, four months? Yeah, probably. Wow. And so we went in there and um, we were trying on things and she was telling me like what she wanted. And I have, and this is a, a note to all the guys out there. This is how you be a good boyfriend. You in your iPhone, there's the notes section. You go to the notes section, and every time a woman says, Ooh, I like that, or like, Ooh, I want that, you go in that little notes section and you write whatever the hell that was down so you have gifts to give them. Because as guys, we don't know what the hell we're doing, you know? Oh, see, Easton's got it, right? Uh huh. No way. We have unicorns in this room. I don't know any guy that does that. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Pulling it up now. Yeah. <laughs> is this more of a thing that I for, that guys actually do? It's called gifts for Amers, right there. See? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am so proud of you guys. I, <laughs> it makes me so sad knowing that I'm just next to unicorns and this really isn't a reality. Does John? I don't oh, know. Danielle's husband. Should I, should John? I text him and ask? Let's ask him. him. I bet okay. he does. I bet Wait, he does. This makes me love men, but also hate men at the same time. Because again, I know you guys are all unicorns. And that real guys don't actually take notes like that. So I hope every guy listening right now actually realizes that is the most endearing thing ever. Yeah, it's well, it's just it's not even an endearing thing. It's like a self-preservation thing. A life hack. Yes, like we don't we have no idea what to get you people. <laughs> All right? No clue. You know, like, oh, I didn't, I would have never thought that she wanted this shawl from, yeah, I don't even know what a shawl is, you know? But the you know what? fun shawl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sponsor. <laughs> um, so I also, so when we were ring shopping, she was very, very specific. She said she wanted an oval cut. She wanted no halo. Um, and, and she wanted a, a tiny, like, diamond platinum band. And we tried on things, and I was like, what size are you? And yeah. like, what size is that? And she's got a very small finger, and so I had, like, that was in, it's still in my notes, like, Sarah Ring. And it was just, like, Aww. oval cut, no halo, tiny diamond band, platinum, 
3.5 size. And she had no idea you were taking these notes. I no, I don't I don't know. I don't even remember that far back. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't I we also played a game on my family at one point where I think she met like one of her friends was getting engaged and she put the ring on and so I had the picture of it and so I I texted my family being like surprise and this was like a while ago I was like surprise my family was like wait what what happened you guys got engaged and um then they were very upset and and yeah like how you phrase this as i like to play a game and yeah. this is a full on prank yeah, this is that a prank is like one on of the meanest pranks to do to your family um and then i remember like showing the text thread of of what i had sent to my family to sarah and they were like the ring is beautiful and i remember sarah being like it is beautiful but i want i don't want that one thing so i think i went back and i edited and i yeah edited that note section to be like no 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 i that one had a halo, no halo, you know, like that kind of stuff. So that's how I just piecemealed it together. It really worked out. Yeah. And then, of course, I went to Lorraine and I was like, hey, listen, I don't, going back to my point, if we don't know what the hell you guys want, I said, listen, I don't really know what the hell she wants except for these like five things. Yeah. Go do it. That's nice. And she was like, I gotcha. And um, yeah. So actually, it's funny because like the one thing that I did have control over in the ring was on the the back end of it um, is a little tiny diamond heart, like right here, like on the palm side. Oh my gosh. And so I remember Lorraine hit me up and was like, hey, we got different options for the back side. You can do initials, you can do heart, you can do initial, heart, initial, uh, or just the heart. And I was like, ooh, I only want the heart thing. And it's to this well, to this day, not like we've been engaged for very long, but like that's the thing that like Sarah will show. They'll be like, she'll be like, "This is the ring," but then she'll be like, "But look at this." Has she ever like just turn it over and just let the heart? Well, is it on the inside or the outside? It's on the inside, so like of the band. Yeah. Oh, no, so... no, 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 no. You can see it. Oh my god! So when we got engaged in in Fiji, um, we were we, we kept it under wraps for like two, like twelve days. It was crazy how long we were able to keep yeah, it under even wraps. to us. Yeah, I know. Sorry, but. <laughs> We're still bitter. No one can be trusted. All right. <laughs> He's like, I need to get out here in 15 minutes. We're like, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. And all of a sudden this E! News article comes yeah. out or whatever. But anyway, we, we uh, I was like, you need to, um, you need to w- put the ring away. And she was like, I don't want to put the ring away when we were traveling back. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it, there's going to be paparazzi. You just know there's going to be like, because there was already rumors that we had gotten engaged. And she was like, well, okay, I will put it on my other hand and I was like all right and then she was like and I'll flip it around so it was just like the tiny little heart but what was funny there was like a bunch of kids like recognized us at the airport and they were like we were like in line so like they really couldn't come up to us but they were like well well said Sarah like wave to us so we take a picture so Sarah is waving no. like this and of course the giant ring is on. I was like put your freaking hand down uh, oh my gosh yeah anyways it is a it is one of the most beautiful rings I've ever seen thanks Lorraine Schwartz okay my second follow up question yeah going back to the hills how in the world is Whitney on uh, Spencer's bad side Remember how he like blocked her, talked really poorly about her on uh, Make Spidey Great Again? Yeah. Or Famous Again, whatever the back the podcast is. And Stephanie had even mentioned it. And I'm like, she goes from helping him pick out 
wedding ring. Anniversary ring. Anniversary ring. Yeah. To now not speaking. I just feel like that's just how the hills work. You know, it's like one day you guys are in love, the next day you hate each other. And it's just like a flippy floppy relationship. It must be exhausting to be in these relationships with people, right? Yeah. Like it's just back and forth. So you don't think it's weird? You're like, that's just another day in the life now? I didn't even think about it. Because I just, yeah, that's my new normal for this show. You know? This week, everyone's cool. Yeah, everyone was pretty cool with each other. Yeah. Except when the bachelorette party happened. Well, are we going to there now? Let's see a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into that. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
back on the broadcast. Wells hanging out. I got uh, Tori in the studio today helping me do the show. Um, let's just go in order of the episode. There's just so much to unpack here. There's a lot. Um, I did like the scene of Steph and Misha. Were they in like a, a hustler store? Like it was a it was a porn store, right? I'm gonna act like I don't know what store they're in. Yeah. For my own cute innocence. There was a lot of blurring out <laughs> things on the walls. There was a lot. Also, it was weird seeing Misha and Steph bonding. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, and that's another one of those relationships that like sometimes they're cool and then sometimes they're not. You're not really sure where it's at, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to say the editing is kind of showing poorly throughout this because we go from like Misha and Steph not really talking to all of a sudden this episode everybody being buddy buddy. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused on the storyline right now. Well, we talked about it in the last episode when we had um, Jason on where I was like, the continuity in this show is very, very confusing. And it happens, it's happening like rapidly where like they'll be in a scene and their hair, like it happened again with Brandon this week where he's in a scene and his hair is blonde and then he's going to an interview and his hair is black. Like last week we made fun of, him. I was like, he's got no facial hair and then he has facial hair and but then the facial hair is different. This week it's like just different hair color, mm. which makes me wonder if they had to go back and like reshoot some things. I don't know. I don't know either. But I did love the Misha Steph like going to the porn store. I just honestly, I just hope that Steph got that jacket. It did look great on it her. It did look really good. <laughs> like, I actually totally agree with Misha. Yeah. Um, Heidi in the recording studio. Oh, um, Glitter and Glory. Glitter and Glory. That's the name of her song. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> it's a good play. You can make a lot of money in Christian rock right now. It is a solid play. Really? Yes. How do you, how do you even know that? Because I lived in Nashville for 12 years, and a lot of people, you know, are like, listen, me being a country star, me being a indie band isn't working. I'm going to go to the Christian rock side of things, and those people crush. No way. They do. But here's the thing. Here's the, uh, I don't know if it's going to work. And God bless her. But I know that she's really big in the gay community. She says it like in a couple episodes back, like her last song was like huge in the gay community, which is awesome. And I checked, I asked, I asked Sarah and she's got some friends who are like, who are gay and who are like huge Heidi fans. So it checks out. But I don't know if it's going to work because the Christian rock scene probably and the gay scene probably aren't going to coalesce together. Mm. I don't know. I would say, I think... It is more coexisting now than it was back then. Yeah. Like there are people who still go to church and are gay. Yeah. So I think there's more of an opportunity for it, but I definitely agree with you. Do we think Heidi is a little bit of a hypocrite with this song? Yes. Yeah. So it's called Glitter and Glory. I don't know. Just break it down. What do you think the song's about? Well, she, well she, yeah, she's, yeah, she talks about it. Yeah. She says that it's about you don't need, you know, riches or the fancy things in life. All you need is your family and God and, yeah. you know, love. Right. But then she has a podcast that's like make Spidey famous again. And that's clearly what they want to do and be. They want to be famous again. But this song completely contradicts that. I agree. I have a problem with the song. Did, yeah. What Just were your me? overall thoughts on the song? I would love it if she was if it wasn't coming from her you but, know what i mean okay oh my gosh is she gonna um, <laughs> she might she's block, gonna block me you. now <laughs> she's gonna block you now i think it's a fair question and if if 
she couldn't see the hypocrisy in it, then, whoa, dude, really? Like, you know, like, and also like everyone sitting in that studio, you know, behind the glass must have been like, you've got this song about like, you know, fame and fortune isn't that important, but yet like tomorrow at 3.30, we got to record an almost famous, or um, what's it called? Make Spidey Famous Again podcast. You know, like, the the hypocrisy is blatant in it. But, I mean, listen, whatever. I will say this. I wish her nothing but the best. Right. Um, it's really, really hard to make it in the music industry. And I know because all of my friends in Nashville are trying, and it's almost impossible for them. Just... With streaming and just how it is, it's tough. So, good luck. I really, really hope it works out. How sweet was Justin Bobby to her? Yeah. He's just, it's a great message. The well, he, song was great. I'm like, oh my gosh. He really, it's just carrying the show. Yeah, I think he's, <laughs> I, he was like, I'm a lyricist. <laughs> and I like lyricists. And I like lyrics. <laughs> I mean, I say lyrics in this sense. Uh, yeah, you know, I think you got, but also in that in that moment, like she was. Let's let's be fair. She's like a little pitchy in the song, you know. But that can be fixed with auto tune and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that would probably be really, really like, like it's a very intimate moment. I've been in recording studios. Like it's a very intimate moment. It's a very like uh, anxiety ridden moment. I can't even imagine what it's like if you walk in there with a bunch of cameras. Um, knowing it's going to be on national TV. So I'm giving her a lot of rope on the song. What's the coolest like in-studio moment you've ever had with an artist? Oh, man. I had the the Doobie Brothers in that I thought was really cool. cool. I had a bunch of like, I don't know if things if people would listening to this would think are cool, but I think are cool. There's yeah. a band called Men at Work uh, that, that sing this song. Come from London, London, that song. You know, um, the lead singer is a guy named Colin Hay, and I am a huge Men at Work fan. Colin Hay uh, has has moved on and, and has a solo career, and he has a song called Waiting for My Real Life to Begin. And I don't know if you guys do this, but um, I do it because I'm so morbid. Uh, do you guys have a, de- a death mix? Oh, my gosh. No, I have a cry mix. Okay, that's cool. But like death mix, different level. It's because if you're going to a funeral and they play music and you're like, oh, he would have hated this. This is so not his style. Like, why are they playing this? It's because they don't know, you know? So, and I implore everyone out oh. there to create their own death mix so you have a cool playlist that plays during your funeral. Now, I say this because... My number one song that's going to play at, on, at my funeral is Waiting for My Real Life to Begin by Colin Hay of Men at Work. And I had him on my show a bunch of times, and I would always be like, dude, can you please play Waiting for My Real Life to Begin? And he was always like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then finally I was like, I don't know, like this is the third time through, I, he was like, why do you want me to play that song? And I was like, dude, that's, all my, that's my number one death mix song. And, and he was like, you know what's weird? You are not the first person to say this to me. So I was like, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to play the song for me, but I want you to do it as if you're at the funeral and you're talking down to the casket to me and then go into the song because I'm going to play this at my funeral. And he was like, yeah, okay. So (laughs) So he does this whole soliloquy about how wonderful I am or whatever and what a great life I lived. And then he goes into it. So if I die, you guys have all heard this. It's on my computer. 
Okay, it's in the Wells folder that I've got. Oh, so this isn't on Spotify for no. Okay. I should put it on there. Oh, I, I'd listen. I think it is on SoundCloud. This this went <laughs> okay, back when Kanye. this was back when SoundCloud was a thing. I feel like I put it on there. Um, so yeah, so you've all heard it. If I die, when I die, make sure that gets played like at the most important. So this is a very long answer. That was a very cool moment because it was very personal to me. I just learned so much about you right now. Yeah, That was, we actually just had a conversation where I said, I keep my voicemails on my phone. So yeah. you can't leave a voicemail for me right now because I get so sentimental about yeah. keeping voicemails. Tori, I am the same exact way. I will not delete my voicemails from my grandparents right. or my dad or my mom. Right, They're just in there. So I think we all have our like, if we die or if somebody dies, corks. I just didn't expect it to be like a Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important. I think everyone out there should make a death mix. I've, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about it now. It's good stuff. All right, onward and upward. Caitlin and Brody going to the OBGYN. How do you feel about their story now that you know they're not together anymore? It makes me sad. Mm -hmm. But also, like, the writing's so on the wall for it, I feel like. You know, like, you can tell he's not 100% in. Um, and you can tell that she's like really, really trying to make it work. I feel like, do you feel that vibe? I feel like I used to be like, Oh, Brody's out, blah, blah. But now I know so much about, well, I don't know anything, but yeah. now tabloids are out with her and Miley and whatever. I just can't trust anything that I feel between them. Well, who do you think is at fault in the breakup then? I kind of want to say Caitlin. Why? I think... I don't know. I don't know if at fault's maybe the best word, but I think uh, like the tipping point hit, and she was just like, "I'm out. I can't do this with you anymore." Yeah, because we've okay. also well, heard then... Steph kind of talking about how she'll wait at the clubs for him to go yeah. home just to figure out what's going on. Like that's a tiring lifestyle. Yeah, listen, I don't know anything that's going on, but they're both like in quasi relationships with other people right now, mm -hmm. and. You know, whatever is going to like help the healing process for both of them, I say go for it. And I'm all about I'm all about it. What did you think when you heard Brody say that he originally wanted to have kids early on and Caitlin wanted to hold off? I thought BS. <laughs> that is not true. And if it is true, major red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm with you longer and get to know you a yeah, little bit yeah. more. I don't want kids. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 But I did so I really did like this scene, though, because this is a very, very relatable scene um, to a lot of people in the world, right? Like, uh, in, like, and this is kind of funny. My father's an OBGYN who specializes in infertility. It's a very, very sensitive thing. My sister went through it as well. Like, um, it's a tough thing. And I, what was nice about it was you could, the doctor was, like, very um, reassuring. Like, like, you're not too old. Like, 30's fine, you know? But... If you want to freeze some eggs or freeze some embryos, we can do that. And then literally you can have them whenever you want. You can have these kids whenever you want. So I think it was the the doctor did a really good job of making Caitlin feel good. And then also like taking a little bit of pressure off of Brody, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it will be interesting if to see if they did go through with this. Yeah. And then now that they're broken up, is there a frozen egg and embryo somewhere? I don't know, but it'd be a beautiful child, you know, for people that can't have kids. I will have that baby for you, Brody. That's, that's a good looking baby. That's all I'm saying. Some good genes there. There are some great genes there. That'd be a little DJ model baby. Yeah. It would. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, I don't remember the Audrina Ashley 
dinner that much. They were at the Laguna Beach deck. Um, okay. And they're basically just debriefing. Ashley kind of talks about Jason's slip that he did. Yeah. Um, Audrina is saying that her and Ryan Cabrera are taking things at a snail pace. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're basically just setting you up for the bachelorette, the party. bachelorette party. Yeah, and so it's Audrina being concerned about going to the bachelorette party because Steph is going to be there. Yeah, she says she doesn't want to be around toxic people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pinpointed straight to one person. Steph. Yeah, no, I no, I know. Well, you, um, you weren't. No, you I know. Me that I, you knew. No, I know <laughs> okay. what's happening. I did like the Ashley and Steph uh, workout thing. Oh. Have you ever done that thing where it's like a, it vibrates while you work out on it? It's called plate fit. Yeah, yeah, plate fit. Yeah. Um, I never done it, but like, do guys do it? And here's my thought. I wouldn't want to do that because. Um, if I'm something on something that's vibrating a lot, <laughs> something might come up. Yeah, you know, might get excited. And if you're wearing tight, you're wearing compression shorts. Wow, everyone's gonna see what you're packing. So plate fit only for chicks. <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Wait, <laughs> oh my gosh! I've only done it once, and I don't remember any men in my class. Yeah. What about for women? Did it, is it is it a nice feeling? Is it twenty seven minutes of? No, it's kind of hell. Oh, it is. To be honest, because right. you're like doing a squat though? while this like thing below you is shaking. Well, yeah, you like burn like double the calories because yeah. it's like moving your whole body. Yeah. Oh. And you're working out at the same time. It's you know what it's like. It's it's the modern day version of. Do you remember seeing like old movies? It was like this strap that would go around women, and just, and for some reason women thought that that was working things out. You know, but it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> you just look like an idiot for a while. Well, now we just realized it's, it was used for pleasure. So yeah, now exactly. it's, history's just blown up. <laughs> That's why Grandpa wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't doing any good work. He wasn't putting in that, you know, mm -hmm. that overtime. Um, let's go to Brandon and Spencer grabbing lunch. Uh, oh, wait, but can we quickly talk? Oh, yeah, sorry. We got to see a little bit of Steph open about her struggle with addiction. Oh, yeah. That was pretty gnarly. I, know. I guess I don't know that meth is speed. I don't think of that being the same thing. But she says that, right? And she talks about that she had gotten in some car with some woman and she started smoking a pipe and she was she's like, what is this? And she was like, it's speed. And then like she was like, yeah, I was, I was addicted to meth or whatever. Did you know that, that that's the same thing? No, I actually didn't. I, I guess I always thought speed was like a pill situation. Like diet pills is what I thought speed was. Are met, uh, methamphetamine and like Adderall and Ritalin the same thing? I think they're different levels of... Because I was on Ritalin for quite some time as a child, and... I, I feel like Adderall is kind of different because doesn't it make people who are, you know, very hyperactive actually focus? Okay, so Adderall is a combination uh, medication containing the salts of amphetamine. Adderall is used in treatment of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and narcolepsy. So yeah, it is. So I was on meth at some point mm -hmm. in my life then, too, which is weird because it did not help my studies at all. Man, I was a C-plus student for sure. It does bring to light on how hard it is to raise kids and being a protected home yeah. and not protected. Because for me, if I was offered 
or if I was in a car with someone at a younger age and they offered me speed, I probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't have, I would like to think I wouldn't have done it, but I probably would have been like, oh, if you're doing it, yeah, sure. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So there's got to be that hard level of educating your kids to some level where they're not curious enough to try it, but they're also not naive enough to try it. Yeah. That's a really hard level to be at. Yeah. I, I listen, I will say this. I will applaud um, Steph for going on TV and telling this story. Like, this is not an easy story to tell. And... Like for, for like all of my reality TV stuff that I've done, like the whole thing is like trying to make sure you do not look bad, like because you're just terrified of how it's going to edit together. Imagine the courage that it takes to be like, I know this is going to look bad, but I got to tell a story anyways. I got to get it out there. So I applaud her for telling the story. And, you know, it's the same thing like when we had Jason on. It was like all the stuff that he's going through. That's tough, man. Like, you know, it's going to look bad, but you can also take some take some good out of it you know yeah so anyways um i think it shows that stuff has a lot of layers that we just don't know a lot about too you know and also answers the question of like why is she so damaged like there's been a lot of issues in her life you know um a lot of pain a lot of pain a lot of just like heartache and stuff so like it just it just breaks my heart but like it also makes sense with like a lot of the stuff that she's going through and like a lot of the uh, conflicts she gets into and stuff like she's lived a much tougher life than I have you know I kind of feel like that scene didn't get enough right enough of a moment to sit in and really be in that with her yeah that I would have actually enjoyed like we've been able to kind of do that with Jason yeah and I kind of feel like Steph deserved to kind of have a moment of being this is me and I'm being raw on reality tv right now that I think that it could have had a bigger moment I know and and to be honest with you, then then they really take that moment away from her and then they shove her back in the spotlight in kind of like a negative way in the bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. It was messed up. Like I gotta understand her being very upset about how that looked. Right. You know, that's a very that's a very poignant and big moment for her. I'm sure it was a thing that, that producers talked about before the show even started, like, hey, we gotta talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be a big storyline. And then you get like seven minutes on TV, like also a little bit like a kind of a screw you thing so I, I agree I can understand her being upset about it especially after Jason got like a whole big long thing about his um, his substance abuse issues mm-hmm. so but whatever it is what it is that's that's what's going on my thing is this why haven't they done that with Misha because like we all know Misha's got some skeletons in her closet and I kind of thought that this was going to be her platform to kind of like get that kind of stuff out there. I feel like that was a storyline of hers in the beginning. Like I'm doing this show because I want to like set the record straight um, and like I don't know, release all these demons that I've got. And I still haven't gotten that from her. That's such a good point. I, th- I think Misha's being very cautious. Yeah. I think she's kind of tiptoeing around the group, kind of trying to figure out what her place is. Hopefully we see it later on in the season, but mm-hmm. I think she's just being super cautious because that was a huge part of her life. If you guys remember, every tabloid yeah. was about her. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. And so it's probably really hard for her to <laughs> talk about. And it's also got to suck too, but like one of her storylines is having to confront the guy that was just so vile to her in Perez, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she was like a little PTSD being like, hey, we did that. I don't know if I can do this other stuff. You know, like, I don't know if I can really delve too deep into that because that Perez thing went a lot worse than I thought it was going to or whatever. I don't know what her thought is, but I can 
justify it or rationalize right. it in my head. Um, all right, quick break. When we come back, we are actually going to talk about the bachelorette party. That was a mean tease I did in the first segment, but Radio 101. <laughs> Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the Pratt cast, Wells hanging out with two of the producers who are big fans of the show, Danielle and Tori. Um, Steph is MIA today. We've got to get to the part of the episode this week that really focused mainly on Steph, um, which is Heidi's bachelorette party. Now, here's the weird thing. like Because we're living in two different worlds, it's two different swatches of time we're living in a world 
we're watch, we're living in a world where Steph hates Heidi right now in the present. But we're also watching the past where Steph is like best friends with Heidi at this bachelorette party. Best friends. Like hugging on her, telling her how good she looks, how proud she is of the song she, she wrote. She got her the little sequin cute matching set. Yes. Hot pink. Um, so it's just like very, very hard to wrap your brain around. I know that this happened months ago, mm-hmm. but still, like all the the vile and vitriol that's come out of Steph's mouth about Heidi, and then watching us being like, huh? You guys are sitting next to each other? You know? I mean, I think they were both as shocked as you were. You think so? Mm-hmm. Well, they, they kept saying in their side interviews, wow, I never thought I'd be here next to her. Yeah. Well, anyways, it's it's a it's a nice moment, and where do they go? They go to like a burger joint. It looks awesome. They go to Hamburger Mary's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really well known. It's actually really fun. They do like drag brunch, right? Like I think Sarah was telling me about yeah. that. So now I really want to go to this place. Sign me up, right? Drag brunch. That's epic. Um, okay, so that well, there's two parties that are really going on simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? There's there's the bachelorette party, and then there's a bachelor party, right? Um, Let's start with the bachelor party. So Spencer's got all his boys. Guess who's missing? Brody. Right. I don't really know how it all went and how it was all cut together, but the first thing Spencer does is cheers to Brody being basically dead to him, which, I mean... There was like a polarizing reaction from the guys at the table. Of course. And of course, frankly, he's like, whoa, dude, relax. Like, that's not the kind of energy that we need to start this whole thing. I love Frankie. And we need Frank, Frank the Tank, I think is what he refers to. We himself. need Frank yes. the Tank on this show. I need we Frank do. the Tank. And his wife. Yeah. Girl crush, just saying. Every, we just need, he should just take over the show. Why don't, what am I even doing here? Um, we'll have to redo the intro again. <laughs> again. <laughs> With Frank. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I just thought that like, I can understand being mad at a friend. Mm-hmm. I really can. But I can't imagine like going and doing like a celebratory thing. And like, that's the thing that's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Or I can, I can understand that being on my mind. I can't imagine that being what comes out of my mouth. Here's what it is. Okay. It's his redemption moment. Yeah. Brody didn't invite Spencer oh. to the wedding. So this is the ultimate jab back being like, and now you're not invited to my vow renewal. Got it. That's, Boom. you're right. It's his ultimate redemption story. It's everything he he wanted. Yeah. To make Brody feel left out, to make Brody feel sad. Whoa. He's milking it. Do you think that the whole reason why they're doing this vow renewal thing has nothing to do with their marriage and everything to do with getting back at Brody? Wouldn't be surprised. Okay. <laughs> but it's hard with a perfect 10-year mark. Yeah. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really do that at like a seven-year yeah, 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 mark. Yeah. Like, the 10 was so perfect to do a vow renewal. If not, that is a, such a long con. And I tip the cap to you, Spencer. That is amazing. You figured out a way to get... He was like, this is my master plan. I want to get back at Brody. So I'm going to convince all these people to do this show again. Okay? It'll be right around the 10-year mark. So then we're going to renew our vows. And when that happens, guess who's not coming? Brody. Win, win, win. Also, selling some crystals on Instagram. Here we come. Oh, yeah. Do you think, how many crystals do you think we're going to see hung at the wedding? The vow renewal. Do you know, have you, uh, this might be a reference that you're not going to get. Um 
the Fortress of Solitude is where <laughs> S- Superman um, goes and thinks. And it's a uh, planet that is, or Earth actually, it's, uh, oh, I no, guess, no, it's Earth. like in Antarctica, right? It's, it's in, I want to say the Arctic Circle, but you might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just crystals. Mm-hmm. I assume that, well, if they don't do their uh, vow renewal in the Fortress of Solitude, someone needs to get fired at MTV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's beautiful. Beautiful. In Santa Barbara, just this crystal <laughs> triangle. <laughs> the destination renewal in the Antarctic. Okay, so then we go back to uh, the bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And... Oh. Well, like, so Heidi leaves because of Gunner, and so that's always her excuse is to... she. But that's wonderful to have an excuse to get out of a party. The problem is the party's about her. <laughs> right. And... Well, here's what's interesting. There's a lot of um, parallels that I've been noticing. So when Jason tells a friend about his slip up, it's to um, it's to Spencer. And when Ashley tells about the slip up, it's to Steph. When they go to the bachelor party. The guy who's like, I'm getting, I'm going to, he's, he's literally, his word is, I'm going to throw up tonight, is Spencer. Steph gets overserved. Let's be fair. Like, she gets turned up to 11. Don't you find it interesting that they are very, very similar? They're being painted very, very similarly in the show. No, Tori? I'm trying to absorb it. Yeah. I think they are actually very similar. Yes, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know what to say to that. It, I, it just, it's just interesting. Like, who are the people that are getting the most wasted? It's Spencer and Steph in this in this episode, right? Heidi looked a little turned too. Did she? I didn't mm-hmm. think she looked that bad. I thought she did. I didn't think she looked bad, but I definitely could see everybody had been drinking at this point. Yeah, but I agree with you, Wells, Stephanie, and. Spencer were on a completely different level. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the episode, hands down, is when Brandon's girl uh, friend... I don't, Ashley. Is, is, is that his girlfriend? We don't know. Ashley. Comes to the party. Which, by the way, must be so weird because she's not one of their friends. But uh, whatever, she's now a part of this world, so she's got to go to these parties, right? Right. Um, well, actually, Spencer invited her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through Brandon and said, you know what? Let's get her some friends so it's not so awkward at Santa Barbara. Have her come to the bachelorette party. Let me tell you something. Kind of nice. It's very nice. Let me tell you something. If I did that to my fiance, she would slice my throat. You you invited someone I don't know to my bachelorette party? Correct. Like, I'm just just thinking back on my bachelorette party. If there was like a random thrown in there, I'd be like, uh, I don't don't really feel that attached to a bachelorette party. Like my sister, she's had it where it's, not just her bridesmaids. It's like friends can come. It's Everyone can come and hang out at the, like we rented a house in Palm Springs. It was super fun. But they were her friends, right? Yeah, but it's like, what's what's the plus one at the wedding who's nearby that can just stop by for, like she didn't show up and spend the whole time. She obviously came in a little bit later. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's actually that big of a deal because it's not their actual bachelorette party. It's like a renewal bachelorette party, so it's fine. And also, it's a television show, and we obviously need her to come in because we need someone to say, (laughs) did you just cut your hair? From the last time I saw you? From the last time I saw you, and she's like, I've never actually met you. And it's like, oh... (laughs) 
Brandon had a different brunette But chick. it didn't stop there. It said, when I saw you at Hyde, yep. when you were there with Brandon, uh-huh. when you kept going, and she just kept going oh, and going to help refresh her Ashley's memory. Yeah. And Ashley's like, oh, girl, no. that wasn't me. No. It wasn't me. And she, <laughs> wasn't me. And she did the, the thing that, like, it's so sad when you, when it comes out of their mouth of, like, it must have been another girl. You know, and it's just like, ah, it was. I want to know more about them because I just don't understand the whole Brandon saying, oh, yeah, we're exclusive, but right. she's not my girlfriend. I know. I what is the difference? Well, I thought Spencer's thing about that was really, really funny. He was like, bro, th- these kids these days, things have changed. You know, like when I was, you know, dating people, if we were exclusive, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. That's what that meant. But what does it mean? Because you're clearly not just like wanting to take girls on date and spend money on someone if you want to just be hooking up. So if you're exclusive with a girl, does that just mean you're only doing like having sex with her, but you're not going to sleep with another person, but you can still take another person out for dinner? It doesn't make sense to me. Let's do the tiers. Let's do. okay. so the first is like um, friends with benefits or whatever, like just hook up buddies. Okay. And then after that, you have we're dating, right? Or does exclusive come before dating? No, dating comes first. Dating okay, comes first. Right. You can be dating right. multiple people. You're right. Especially now in this day and age with Tinder and, and Bumble, like you're matching all over the place and whatever. Okay, Wells. I mean, I, I, that's what I've been told. <laughs> Asking for a friend. Yeah. Um, by the way, I went on a show once where uh, I dated three <laughs> girls at the same time. So whatever. Okay, wait. So yeah. So, yeah so, so then you have dating. And then I think you have exclusivity mm-hmm. and then I think you have boyfriend girlfriend and then I think you have uh, in like, moving in with each other Aww. and then engaged married babies babies renewals renewals <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then then ho- hopefully you're both then dead the funeral by playlist yeah. <laughs> the, the, the death mix yeah <laughs> Great callback. But thank you. But I will say I'm still confused on the exclusive and being a boyfriend girlfriend. That has to coexist with each other. So I think that what Spencer is trying to say is in my day when we said we are exclusive, there was no we didn't say we're exclusive. We said, "Hey, will you be my boyfriend? Hey, will you be my girlfriend?" and you did that. Now people are saying like, "Are we exclusive?" because they're tiptoeing around the boyfriend girlfriend conversation. Right? I think I grew up in the wrong generation. Yeah. That just newsflash: you're younger than all of us. I'm just as confused. I'm just so I'm baffled. And I'm older than all of you, but I think that you get to a point where it would be rude to go on a date with someone else, but you're not ready for the full relationship commitment. Yes, 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 yes. I think that's right. So the dating thing is, you can be dating multiple. When you say like, "Hey, we're dating," you can still be da- dating multiple people. When you say we're exclusive, then you're just dating that one person. This is definitely a difference between but guys and girls. it doesn't make sense. Because girls are like, as soon as we're exclusive with you, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. our boyfriend. Do our not boyfriend. touch another girl. Yeah. yeah. Much. But I'm cool, calm, collective, and chill. You know? Well, and, and also it's semantics, right? Like, if you're exclusive, that means you are their boyfriend or girlfriend yeah. because they're not with anybody else. But so I then, think, But I do think for guys saying, that's my girlfriend is a thing. So if we would change the name to be like, are we gal pal and boy pal? Mm-hmm. Do you think that he'd be like, yep, it's just the girlfriend and the boyfriend is now so old fashioned traditional people hate it. Do we need to recreate a new term? No, we need less terms. That's past exclusivity, but we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but apparently that terrifies men. So then we have to be gal pal and boy pal. Yeah. 
All right, so this this is a good question to uh, to ask the listeners now out there. Um, you can email us at pratcast at iheartmedia.com. What is the difference between being exclusive and being boyfriend-girlfriend, right? Or is there like another level in between being exclusive and boyfriend-girlfriend that we don't, we don't even know about? Bradcast at iheartmedia.com. I think it's just like, Brandon's like, that's my girl, the not girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you then know? like, step sure. up, Brandon. I agree. Put on that mustache, put on your big boy pants, and call her your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. By the way, she's super hot. I like, was just about to say she's that. Kale. She's gorgeous. Like, Brandon is a good looking guy, but I feel like. Reaching? Yeah, a little out kicked his coverage. I'm just going to say it. All right? She's hot. All right? But he has never really, like, brought around an un. Like, a not pretty girl. The True. girl that hide even the flashback was very attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, boy's got a type. He likes the Yeah, brunettes, they look you know? very similar. <laughs> I was going to say, they did look similar. Like, I don't blame Steph for kind of having amnesia yeah. a little bit. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. put their hair short and they would have been yeah. oh, pretty for sure. twin-like. For sure. But it was it was, it was was funny that, like, so, and I think it was the alcohol that, like, if you were sober, you'd be like, <gasps> ooh, oh my God, you know? Um, but... Because she was had a couple of drinks, I think she was like, no, 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 you, I met you at Hyde, and you had longer hair that, you know, like, and, <laughs> and, and, and she also, I'm sure everyone in the room was like, oh, God. No social cues were taken None. in at she that was point. Just, and yeah. She was just like, digging it in. But it was hilarious TV. To be honest with you, like, it was the funniest thing that happened in the episode. For sure. Wasn't she the one that was like, you guys, or who said, you guys, make sure we don't mess up the fact that, you but, know, Brandon has other girls. Wait, Steph said it? Steph said it's, it. Didn't Steph yeah, say that? I swear she did. Oh, my I, God. I, I, we could have that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, yeah. but I... We couldn't write that story then, the fact that this just went full circle. But I just remember Steph being like, we got to make her feel welcome. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. Um, and then to like part two of the Steph show at the Bachelorette party was... Which I feel like this is every drunk girl that I've ever known is like right at the end of the night. It's like, wait, hold on a sec. I want to say something to you. <laughs> you know? And she does that to Audrina. And Audrina, obviously, I mean, I don't know if Audrina's drunk, but she's just like, ah! And I think normally if there weren't cameras, she'd be like, no, I'm going. Bye. Not doing this. But like, you got to do it because it's the show. And so she's like, okay, let's do it. And sits down. Now, here's the thing. I agree with Steph. I do think Audrina needs to apologize because Steph was never in the wrong, you know? Right. Um, but the the thing is, is that She's just never going to apologize. I think you got to you got at some point be like, all right, cut my losses, whatever. Like she knows now that I wasn't trying to go after jibs. Right. I don't know. It is really hard, though, being accused of something you honestly didn't do. For sure. And you're just like, I'm confused. And it, it there's just nothing worse than somebody coming at your character, which I guess Audrina could say she feels like she's getting attacked by her character when Steph's like, apologize to me. She's like, I don't owe you anything. But at the same time, it's like being accused of sleeping with someone. It does. That's like that's pretty heavy. Well, Steph's living in this world of like, I want you to apologize because I didn't do this and you said I did. And I also want you to apologize because if I had, that's fine too, because you dated this guy 10 years ago and you don't still own him. So I under- totally understand where she's coming yeah, that's from. that's all it, valid. You know? And I, and I, like, 
if I was the if I was the Frankie on the show, I'd be Frank like the Frank the Tank. Uh, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would be like, I think you do need to apologize. You know, you 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 made this girl feel bad about something that she hadn't done, and if she had done. It's not that bad of a thing in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, listen, we all have to work together. I think you probably should just apologize. And it should be something like this. Like, hey, listen, I got told some wrong information. I know it made you feel bad. I'm sorry about that. But like you constantly coming after me is like, it's exhausting. So can we please like stop all of this? You know, like right. I feel like for Audrina, she's like so like put out by that, the fact that Steph is still doing this. But she could be the one that fixes it immediately and just says, "I, dude, I'm sorry. Right. You were right. I was wrong. Listen, we're human. We all get a little bit jealous or whatever the issue is. I'm sorry. Please, can we not do this anymore and like do it on a public forum and like whatever? And then there's like the whole other thing of like bringing bro- telling Brody about like not her not caring about the fire, you know, right. like she's like piling on now. So like now Steph feels like triply like offended. Are you still team Audrina? Um, I don't know if I'm team. I'm team Frankie. But originally you wanted Audrina to be the lead. Would you still want that now that you're kind of seeing? Because it kind of seems like you really don't agree with Audrina and her thought process. I don't. I don't agree with her. Um. I don't know. I think I think everyone. The beauty of this show is that everyone's flawed, and like mm-hmm. that's what that's what what they're trying to portray is that like you can have fame and fortune and be absolutely beautiful, but guess what? Everyone's got issues. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the if you like if that's like the mission statement of the show. So, except for Frankie, who was the one guy who didn't have fame and fortune? You know, like yeah, which is the, which is that funny like wrinkle in the show that I that I absolutely love and that's why uh, Frank should take over the show. Oh. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Heidi says Gunner's coming. Yeah. Or Gunner has to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has to leave the party early. And yeah. Steffi kind of makes a big deal like she always uses that as a cop out. Yeah. What's your cop out? When you're at the end of the night you're just I'm done. Oh, dude, I'm the what king do you blame? of the Irish exit. What is that? Oh, you don't know about the Irish exit? No, you but just leave. Teach me. <laughs> yeah, it's so I have a wonderful thing that happens in my body. When I'm overserved, I know it and I leave immediately. I say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I get up and I call an Uber and I walk out of the door. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You don't say goodbye? Nope. Absolutely not. This is why we are at a generation where nobody just talks about. Like says, like you have to greet people and you have to say goodbye to people. No, I don't. And mm-hmm. you want, and you want mm-hmm. to know why I don't? Because you know what's going to happen nine times out of ten if I say, "Hey, listen, guys, I got to go home." There's going to be some a hole that's like, "No, dude, just like one more drink. Come on, like we haven't seen each other in forever. Come on." And then you guilt, they guilt you into it. And I've already reached my limit. And if I know if I go over that limit, I'm going to be calling on dinosaurs. I'm going to be throwing up. I don't need that in my life. I got to go home. So it's self-preservation to the max. And I'm telling you. It's a great thing. And usually what I'll do, because we live in a scary world now, I will be in the Uber and I will text someone that's in the group, generally the most understanding person in the group, hey, I had to go. I'm too drunk. Tell everyone. And then I'm gone. What's yours? Oh, I'm the hugger. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so good seeing you. Can I help you clean up? Like, oh. you got to really bring that hospitality. 
Yeah, you're a nice person. I'm not a nice no, person. No, it's because you know you gotta you gotta give the hugs out. Hugs mean a lot. Yeah. A handshake, a half five. Thanks for having me. The yeah. bro hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Irish exit. No. So these are the things that I've taught you, kids out there today. <laughs> Uh, make a list of things your girl um, says she likes so you can give her as gifts. Um, number two, make a, a death mix because you're going to die and you don't want the music to suck. And number three, if you get overserved, just leave. Hills, yeah. <laughs> Show's over. Follow Prattcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.